Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's prepare to join our breath with God's breaths and do some meditation and some talking and some feeling good about ourselves. And we'll start by hearing, Be Still Thy Heart by Anil, or Be Still Thy Soul, excuse me. I think I transcribed that one wrong. I'm going to play it a little bit louder than normal. Uh, I may periodically try to shout over the music, but I'd like you to just spend the few minutes that this song plays, getting your space ready and yourself ready to meditate. And then we will come together and we will begin sharing our energy together to create a better world, to create better peace for ourselves, and to feel at one with the eternal now, God, always with us. Here you go. Find a comfortable spot. Somewhere where you can feel as though you're breathing through them. Get your space comfortable. I lit a stick of incense. I think it may be wind. Last week we had earth. Let's do some wind today. And then when you get there, just begin breathing. Just breathing in deep breaths through the soles of your feet. allow the cares and woes of the week to move out as you breathe out. Just release them back into the earth from whence they came through your feet. And now listen and breathe. Breathing in, I am enough. Breathing out, I am blessed.
make us each one source of light. Because we are, we are each and every one of us a source of light. It may be only a fleeting moment. It may be a lesson learned in hardship, but we are each a source of light. We each do provide opportunities for other people to reach to be their highest selves, sometimes because we're not reaching to be our highest selves. And therefore, those people are inspired by our bad behavior. And we are their teacher and their student because they show us love and kindness. Likewise, there are times when we show love and kindness and we are the teacher. And when we get love and kindness back, we become the student. We learn together to be sources of light. We learn together. We get so caught up in judging the darkness that we forget that it is the darkness that helps us know the light. If you will excuse me just a second. (coughs) As some of you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was in kind of a scary, and that's probably exactly the right word, as childish as it sounds, motor vehicle accident. And um, I collided with a big rig uh, trailer, and people tell me you don't want to look at those pictures. But miraculously, miraculously, my friends, I have walked away from that accident with some broken ribs, a very sore elbow, maybe a sore left side of my face where I have a few stitches and some pain still, and two walking legs and a talking mouth and a working brain. I am alive, and I am blessed. But that was a negative experience. And I could have spent, as I talked with you about last week, I could spend time sitting around thinking about, woe is me, look what happened to me, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh this hurts. I could let my mind fill up with the pain of that moment and be stopped. I would not be able to move. I would be stopped with pain. I am comfortable of that. But instead, I chose to surrender that incident to God and to open my mind to something different, to let my thoughts be something other than the pain I feel, something other than the accident that occurred. And I feel like last night or yesterday, I had exactly what my guide said we should talk about today next. What's going to happen next? So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened yesterday, but I want to invite any of you in who would like to talk about how you have overcome adversity by lifting yourself up, shaking yourself off, and moving into the now with God by your side. And if you didn't do it with God by your side, God was there anyway, so call. It's okay, because God's there, folks. Whether you see him or her or you don't, whether you connect or you don't, you are not alone. This is not a journey that you were expected to do alone. In fact, look at the word alone. Write it on a piece of paper, A-L, new word, one, all one. When you are alone, you are all one with God. God. Not all one with your human being, your human ideas, your human thoughts, which many times veer toward the negative. You are all one with God when you are alone. Use that time, but even if you don't lose that time, that does not use that time. That does not minimize you for one minute in God's eyes. That does not minimize your value ever, ever, ever. You are enough. You are loved just as you are. And in fact, before we start talking about my yesterday, I'm going to walk over here and grab a copy of the shack and share it with you. But the phone number, once again, I'm going to give a chance for people to call in. 1-646-595-3584. And you know what? If you if you want to talk and you can't, please, friends, friends, Put your phone number on the chat room. I'll go in and look periodically. I'm not good at multitasking on this radio thing, but I'll go in and periodically look. 
And when I find, if I see a phone number there, I'll call you. I can call you. So don't worry about it. It's all set. Life is good. Life is good. We are alive, and we are not alone. We are not alone. Now, those of you who, I don't, you know, I used to, when I, we first started doing this show with my dear friend Bob, who I wish was still doing the show with me, but he has become so busy uh, with life. <coughs> Excuse me, I have just a bit of a congestion. When I first started doing this show, uh, we would read passages from Yogananda and other uh, very significant religious leaders, and uh, these, you know, the uh, Dalai Lama and, and lots of people, and we would read from Neil Donald Walsh and Conversations with God, and I've kind of allowed the reading part to fall by the wayside, and it seems like if I'm going to read, I go and get one of two books, either The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Reese or The Shack by uh, William Paul Young. Um, Not because I don't believe those other books are important, and in fact they are a part of my life. I consider Yogananda to be a very wise master for me, as well as Babaji. And so I uh, definitely still connect with those. I'm just not sure how reading across the airwaves works, frankly. Uh, But I will tell you absolutely, totally, uh, the ones that we do, I still read, like the shack. I think it works well. And bottom line is, I will read to you when I'm drawn to read to you, even if I bore you to death and you call in and say, stop reading. Well, I'm still going to read because I feel moved to do this show. When I finished that automobile accident, I realized that I was alive And I had to ask myself, okay, now, why is this heightened sixth sensor still alive? I'm not one bit afraid of death. I know that all I'll do is go home. I know that all you will do is go home. I am alive, and what is it that I am supposed to do? And a part of me is searching now to figure out what that is, and I am allowing my intuition to guide me in that regard, in that journey. And so if I feel an intuition to read something, I'm going to know that it is just the voice of God within me directing me to share with you. With that very, even if one person out there who wants to hear what I'm sharing, it is the voice of God within me, and it's the same voice of God within you when you feel an intuitive moment to do something. It is that very same voice. And how often do we resist the voice? God knows how often we resist listening to God who is walking with us side by side. I don't care what name you call God. Allah, Yahweh. The passage I start the program with is from Rabia the Mystic. It's an Islamic quote. It's beautiful and it's perfect. So I'm going to be spending my time the rest of my life trying to live my work less and live my life more and I'm going to be spending that life helping people know that God loves them and not missing an opportunity to do that no matter how it is trying very hard I may not succeed but in all times and I will not succeed in all times because I am a fallible human being with a divine being surrounding me and within me and I will at times not show my godliness. And so will you. And that is the darkness. That is the darkness. And sometimes we end up in places and situations we do not want to be. And today's program is about getting out of that place. And if this was a regular radio program, it would be a perfect spot for a commercial moment because I'm going to look here for the passage I want to share with you from the shack. So I hope that I'm going to give you all just a quick moment here while I look through this book. And once again, I just want you to breathe. And I want for something very short. Let's listen to Serenity Road and let's just breathe together. Breathing in, I am loved. We have not reached out yet and taken each other's hands. We are right now 
just focused on ourselves, breathing in through your feet that you are loved, breathing out that you are enough, and I'm going to start that one for you, and then I will look for the passage I want to share. Remembering, folks, as you're breathing today, if you don't encounter darkness, you cannot recognize the beauty of the light. The light only takes a little flicker from flint to completely dispel the darkness. And God is there with you. Serenity Road, we're going to start it, and I'm going to give you a little talk as you're starting. And once again, get yourself comfortable. And as you're breathing in, and breathing in right now is a little tough for me with the bribs, so uh, I will not lie to you and say I'm taking one breath and it's doing it. But as you breathe in, if you could pull the energy up through your feet and across the front of your calves. So your breath is as though it's it's on a journey, it's on a defined path. The front of your calves, the front of your thighs, it's going to cross over to the base chakra. And that's where you carry your fear, and you're going to breathe and let that fear release before you move forward. And so your breath is fearless. It's a creative breath, because you're going to go through your sacral chakra. It's a healing breath. Always pause in the healing zone. Sip in air, my friends. You don't have to have a giant breath. Don't hold your breath like you're in a contest. Sip in. Just keep sipping in. Just don't blow out yet. So you're going to go through the solar plexus, the zone of healing, and you're going to pull fearless, creative, healing breath up to your heart. And you'll thrust back your shoulders. Open your heart. Allow yourself to love and be loved. Learning to be loved is a lesson I'm learning this time. Pull the energy up to your throat chakra. That's the zone. Believe me, we do more damage with words than we ever do with swords and bullets and knives. Open your throat and forgive yourself and others for the words that have caused pain. So now you have a cleansing breath that is composed of fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath goes up to the third eye, the area between your eyes, and for a moment pause there and think about the day that you are going to live this Father's Day, full of love, because you are no longer trapped by the past. You are in the now. And then pull that positive energy through the top of your head and join your breath with God's breath. Just feel the wonder of God's breath joining yours like it's a set of piper tubes out there. Feel your body get electrified by the presence of God's breath, recognizing God's presence. And now breathe out and breathe out. I am loved. And I'm going to leave you with that thought for just a moment. Someone wrote me a question while I was looking at the shack, and so let me talk to you about why the shack is so good, because that was the question before we move on. I thank you all for uh, taking the time to keep breathing, and I'd like you just to sit in this place, this energy, and feel the glow of love around you, because that's what God is, is love. In fact, it softens us all so much if we just talk about God in terms of love, Love, damn it. Oh, love. What would love do now? Love bless you. 
softens the world. So why is the shack so important? Well, you know, the interesting thing about the shack in my mind is that the shack is a book that I think God had written for men. And no, I'm not a man. I don't even swing in a man kind of direction with women. I I love men, and I'm so it's it's not. Why do I like it then? Why do I recommend it to women? You know what? I seldom recommend it to women. The women that I have recommended the shack to have not liked it. They have, for whatever reason, they have not identified with it, and the identification they did with it. it where they would pick a passage here or a passage there was uh, different than mine, of course, because that's true for all of us. But it was uh, inter- it always interested me that those passages were not nearly uh, were not real expansive pat- passages. They were books that I feel other authors have done a better job with. And so, and those women like those other authors better. So it interests me. The Shack is written by a man, suggested by a man to me, and I re- read it, and I recommend it to my men friends. Um, because I don't think men and women are the same. Those of you who think we are the same, please call in 646-595-3584. I would really like to discuss that idea with you and so that I could better understand it. I would be interested in your thoughts on it. I think that there are really only two races, men and women. Uh, The color of our skin, uh, those kinds of things are not really as relevant as whether we are male or female, in my mind. But who knows? You know, I haven't done an intensive study on it. It's just a 62-year life journey. Anyway, here's the deal. Why is the shack so important Or to me? Why is it a good book? I think it's a good book for men. Um, And um, I think it's a good book because it talks about a man who got so trapped in past, in the loss of his daughter, his young daughter, uh, the kidnapping of his young daughter, and God knows what his imagination uh, had happening to her, all of which is probably true. All of which is probably true. So, uh, And once again, last week we talked about the idea of what you allow to come into your mind uh, will really influence your life. And I said to you I wasn't allowing the pain to come into my mind. So here we are with the shack. And um, this guy's mind was totally, totally occupied with this pain and suffering that he knew his daughter had gone through. And what he knew was only minuscule, probably, to what she actually went through. And it was enough to debilitate him, bring him to his knees. And he could not take away his own ego from that somehow it was his fault. And you know what, folks, I have never in my life resolved a problem by figuring out whose fault it was. I am generally willing to take fault. I have had relationships in life that have failed, and I accept responsibility because I was certainly a part of it. And uh, some instances may be a very big part of it because I couldn't see the goodness of a person. Um, past, I couldn't get past the exterior hardness to see the interior softness, the vulnerability. So we all have our issues. You know, we all cling on to things. And one of our problems in life is that we we blame ourselves and we blame others. And when we blame others and we blame ourselves, we are allowing our minds to get wrapped around something that is what? Let's raise our hands out there. Over. It's done. It's not in the now. We cannot change it. It is over. And therefore, we are allowing ourselves to remain in the past. Now, I think that everyone who reads The Shack may come away with a different story, but I can tell you that this man either went to the place that he ended up, The Shack, a very angry man not believing in God at all, or uh, a very angry man angry at God. And when he got a shack, and this is a true man's recounting of a weekend, he came face to face with God. And I will tell you, folks, God is here. And I will tell you before I go to this passage, I so this topic that was selected today and that I was asked to write that we were going to talk about is certainly one that I am experiencing now because I, like so many people, 
allow myself to look at the moment and evaluate it rather than to embrace it and believe that there is a divine plan for me, that with God by my side, I will come to a better resting place than I will ever come alone without God by my side. In other words, without my recognizing God. I just made a mistake because I should not have used the word alone in that way. Then I will ever come on my own volition with my eyes shut back that God is with me. And I may think I know what is best for me, and you may think you know what is best for you, but in the end, I can promise you today, and I will promise you always, that what is best for you is to embrace the moment that is in front of you with love, not anger, not hate, and live in the now and shut your mind down when it wants to talk about, yeah, but look at the past. The past is done. Now, the passage from the shack. And, dear friend, on the chat, I'm not even sure you're still there because I don't come back very much, but I, I hope you are and I hope you can hear me because I can't write and talk and look at my switchboard all at the same time. It, it's just a lack of skill. Now, maybe if I didn't have a broken rib. Uh-oh, but I played the sympathy card again. Okay. So uh, I also, as I said earlier, don't care if you call uh, what you call God. And I try to use a neutral word like love. I don't always succeed. I also try to use neutral words like divine one. But sometimes I call it God Jesus. Sometimes I call God Allah. Sometimes I call God Yahweh. And you know what? It's your God, not my God. Whatever you call God is okay. Because it's all the same God, except that it is kind of shaped a bit by your belief in God. And so I believe that God is love, and therefore I call God love. And with that in mind, when you hear me say love, I will try to say God love, but I may just say love. Love, excuse me. Loves to Mac, and Mac is the protagonist, the main character. Tell me what you are afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What am I afraid of? Began Mac. Well, love had just challenged Mac to walk on water. And this is what Mac said. Well, I am afraid of looking like an idiot. I am afraid that you are making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that. Exactly, love interrupted. You imagine. Such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us. Remember, friend, it said, even the least among you can do what I'm doing. And page 141 is where I am on this. I'm afraid that you will make fun of me. And that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that. There we go. Back to love again. We're going to say it again. Exactly, love interrupted. You imagine. Such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like love, like God. But without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or the past or the future? Well, said Mac, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? Love chuckled. Relax, Mac. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind? In your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future? Now remember the third eye, my friends. Your imagination, you create the world in which you live. You are a creative being. 
Mac thought for a moment before answering. I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the time I am trying to figure out the future. Love responds, not unlike most people. When I dwell within you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past, although much maybe can be remembered and learned by looking back, but it's a backdrop of rich and dense forest. Rose up to the base of him. Oh, hold on. I skipped a page here. But it only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future. You visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of future, which is always dictated by fear of some kind? Let me read that again. Excuse me. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Again, Max stopped and thought. It was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future, and in his imaginations, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And Jesus was also correct in saying that in Max's imagination of the future, God was always absent. Love was always absent. Why do I do that, asked Max. It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you cannot control. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real. Will it ever be real? You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality. And then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid that which you fear. Yeah, that's basically what... Love was saying, there was a, there's God, this is Jesus in this book, responded Max, so why do I have so much fear in my life? Folks, it's either Neil Donna Walsh told us we either operate from fear or love. And, you know, there's a broad continuum between the two, but, but that's where we're coming from, usually on the dark side, the fear side for we humans. We're afraid to believe in the wonder of love. Oh, I feel someone out there really afraid. And I'm sending them love. I'm sending you love. So why do I do that, asked Mac. It is your death, oh, excuse me, because you don't believe. You don't know that we love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in God's love. I'm not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagined fears, and especially the projection of those into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe that love is good, nor know deep in your heart that I love you. And it said, I, so let me read it, knowing these are things said by God, okay? To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe that I am good, nor know deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. Mac looked down more at the water and breathed a huge sigh of the soul. I have a lot to learn. I have so far to go. God is good, my friends. God is love. God is love. And God cares about you. Let's take just a moment and allow those words to sink in and we'll listen to
Project Divinity floating, just while we're letting those words sink in, that God is in the present, and we need to be there too. And as you're breathing in, hold the air up the front of your house, the front of your thighs, crossing over again to your base chakra. And now bring that fearless, creative, loving, healing, forgiving, manifesting breath up. Allow it to join with God's breath. See your breath going through the piper tubes and seeing it being met by this luminescent, loving spirit. And feel that spirit begin to embrace you. And reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of your God as you know God to be. And allow that image, vision of God to be all of the love all of the kindness, all of the caring, and know that that God, that is all of those things that you can ever envision in your mind, is with you always. Joined with you, a part of your heart, a part of your breath, ready to spend the day with you any day. And all you need to do is invite him or her and it doesn't take a long time to connect. And as you're breathing out, feel your energy going through your arm to, into the hand of God and feel God's energy pulsating up your arm as your breath is joined and you are one. Now breathing out with your next breath. Fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting. Pull the breath up and reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of a listener, God, and hold that hand and infuse in that listener's God not only. everything you imagine from your God but now everything your God has taught you about so that you have this giant imagine it beautiful, beautiful, beautiful electric wave of love going through your non-dominant hand and it is coming in so that suddenly we have this electric charge going through our circle as we join man, woman Man, God, man, woman, God, man, God, woman, God, until the circle is just charged. And it's like a bright, electric, beautiful, 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 circular, oval, electric wall, flashing iridescent light as we sit here in the presence of love for each other and for God and from God for each of us and for all of us breathing in I am enough breathing out I am loved away 
that slips away and it may, just kind of put that thought on the side and allow God to handle it with you. So for one minute, you are going to sit in silence. No music, nothing. Why would we do this? We are sitting in a circle that is like an electrically charged wall of love. And we are doing this so that you can see how short and how long a minute is. And there are many minutes in the day. Let us begin. There you go. That was a minute, my friends. How many times do you allow yourself to feel a minute just for you? Oh, I feel someone out there whose throat is just clogged up with unsaid things. I'm sending you in liberation. And I'm encouraging you to think about those things you want to say and ask yourself, do they really need to be said? Is there a way that you can get into the now and into love without saying words that hurt? Because in the end, those words hurt not only you, but they hurt or hurt the other person, but they hurt you too. And they have a life. It takes a long time, sometimes never, for words to go away. Something said and thought of in 10 seconds. Let's all together pray for this listener that God, will, who is joined with them by hand right now on either side, surrounding them with the electric cloak of love, can help guide them through this moment to a place that will be the best place for them. So let us spend a few minutes doing that um, rather than talking about my yesterday. We'll just go back to Serenity Road and let's just listen to that music one more time. And we're going to send loving wishes. Loving, caring wishes to all of the people in our circle. And we're going to send to them desire to just let God help them resolve the issue that is causing them discomfort. God will, if we just open the door a smidge, God will write through. God will fill you up with a sense of love. And if you allow it, you can release and let God take care of you. Bring you to a place of comfort. So that when you speak, and this is a speaking thing, and it's a speaking from the heart thing, so that when you speak, you will speak the truest words. Not the truest words in the sense of to tell 
the depth of your pain and suffering that you feel is caused by the person. But instead, the kindest, gentlest words that you can use to explain why you can no longer accept the love person offers. That it isn't the love that you need. It is not that there's anything wrong with them. But it is that that you and he, and I feel it's a he, it's, it's that you and he don't ignite in each other forgiveness for ill-spoken words. You don't ignite in each other peace and a belief in your greatest self, a self that is far beyond the limits of your body, a self that touches all with kindness, and when not, works back to fix. Instead, you and he have created a house where even nice words are heard to somehow take away as opposed to build on. And God, working with you, can help you say the right things to bring everything to where it needs to be so that you are free to leave, to move on without having added more pain in an already painful situation. We send you love to come to a place of peace. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. So now we're down to the message part of the program, or at least the part about what happened yesterday. And uh, let me tell you, it was an interesting day. Uh, yesterday was the next day uh, for me. It was the day I would go to get my new car. I guess that's a whoopee moment, but, you know, I liked my old car. So not driving my car, I had driven a stick shift for seven years, was a big deal. L- giving up what I had come to know and understand and was comfortable with was a big deal. Um it was kind of my reflection of a new me because I used to uh, believe that I wanted to drive fancy cars and uh, have all of the fancy accoutrements with that. And I somehow defined myself, not by my insides, but by my outsides. And I have reached a place in life where I'm comfortable with the inside. And the outside is nice, and my new car is beyond all belief. I'm, like, shocked at it. Uh, (coughs) Pardon me. So we had to go get it, and a friend graciously agreed to go with me. And that friend uh, went to, um, we got on the train in Sacramento. And the reason that she went with me was because I was uncertain that I could drive all the way from Modesto home to where I live in Calusa County. And Modesto is about an hour and a half Sacramento, 90 minutes. And uh, so we got on the train. Instead of going straight to Modesto, we decided to have a little train trip. I apologize again. So we went over to Martinez. And so we took this, like, interesting trip, and we talked, and we saw things. And, oh, my gosh, folks, train, at least in California, is such a fun way to travel. And it was so beautiful at this time of year, spring, seeing all this around us. And there's so much water right now. 
And we are having odd weather, nice weather, while some people in the rest of the country are having the weather we normally have. So it was just a very pleasant, pleasant day. And what a wonderful day to bond with my friend and get to know her better. And so we got to Modesto, and in the way of car dealerships, despite everything having been settled on Tuesday night, we have to act like I had never been in the car dealership before. Talking about trapped in a box, I didn't know what the car felt like. I was buying it. You know, unfortunately it felt great. But So I had to do this little test drive that made me very nervous. But we did it all, and now we're on the road, and we've had dinner, and it took a long time for all of this to happen, and we're driving in this wonderful car. And But before we got there, talk about God in your life. We park her car at the train station, and they have this program where you can call up and, and you can pay for your parking from your cell phone. And since we were running late, we decided to do that. It took me an entire hour to figure out how to do that. I was totally petrified that my friend's car was going to get towed at the end, and we were going to have to deal with that issue at the end of a long day. So when we drove into the train station parking lot and her car was sitting there with no tickets and no boots and everything was great, life was good. There is a God. And I knew it before, but believe me, I always love the little miracles in my life. But now it was my turn to drive. And I was going to be driving a car that was different than I was used to completely, completely differently. Because I'm used to driving a car that's a stick shift, that's an old little PT Cruiser, and now suddenly I have this hybrid car, and it's got all these signals telling me about powering batteries, and I mean, it's like, and it's got all these buttons. There's nothing simple in God's world, folks, when it comes to cars anymore, I don't think. And I'm kind of the basic shift girl. So here I am. And also, I'm terrorized because I'm going to be getting onto the very road uh, and going to be going to the very place with me driving that I was. It had contact with that semi-tractor trailer and its trailer, semi-tractor trailer truck and the trailer. So I think we're just going to call it my from now. It's a lot easier for me to say. So here I am. And what was my, I mean, I was afraid. And I knew, though, that I needed to make that simple little 45-minute drive or 50-minute drive home. I needed to come home, and I need to bring my new car home. My friend needed to go to her home, and she was gracious. Because I have to tell you, she was wonderful. She didn't let the car dealer kind of get me to do things that I didn't need to do as I'm, like, right now still recovering, you know, from the concussion and all. And she was great, and suddenly I'm, like, giving up my lifeblood to let her get in her car and go. I am terrorized. And and then I have to drive out of the parking lot. And that was, like, amazing. I was afraid. I hope you're all out, out there laughing at me. I was afraid. I And getting on that freeway, I looked down at the speedometer, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I am driving like I'm 102 years old. I will cause an accident. And so I had to pump that car up to freeway speed and enter that freeway and what was in front of me a truck and I was totally afraid the truck was going to stop right there for some reason that I didn't know and I realized that is my fear from the accident is that a truck is going to stop unexpectedly and so I get on the freeway and oh my gosh folks were there trucks there were trucks everywhere, and I'm just praying, and I'm just feeling God sitting in the passenger seat. And that's what I'm inviting you to do. Put God in the passenger seat. Feel God there with you. And I'm still afraid. I'm afraid in the presence of God. That's not the way we're supposed to live with the human condition. Just because you invite God in doesn't mean that God is going to make you immediately stop being afraid. Because it's you who are clinging to the fear, not God. You're safe. I was safe. And yet here I was, afraid. And 
they're working on the highway and there are all of these trucks and we have to get either in this, you can be in this really bumpy lane and not be with the trucks or you could be behind a truck. Oh, my gosh. Talk about circumstances. I didn't want to be in that really bumpy lane with this new car, which when I'm not hurting, I'm going to think is great, I'm sure. I wanted to get in, so I had to go behind trucks. I feel that there must have been fear just emanating from my car. There must have been like a big, giant red arrow, even though God was sitting there saying, this woman is afraid, this woman is afraid. Because the thing I know, this truck graciously gives me the little bat, 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 you know, that says you can come in front of me, and I did. And I start, I won't get close to the back of the other car. I have to have enough room to slow down and stop. And I mean, I just can't. I have to. And that was my safety net. And I hear and feel God around. I know that that it's going to be safe and that I am safe, but I've got to have distance. And that man behind me graciously allowed me to have distance. And he put some distance behind him and me too. And that was good. And I rode along behind these trucks and then, you know, um, they would come and they would like, um, they would pass each other and believe it. And I'm like, whoa, keeping my distance, keeping my distance. And then I come up the road. Suddenly the construction is over and we are going to come up into the zone where the accident occurred. And fortunately the road was good. I didn't have to ride behind a truck and I was able to pull out into the left lane and head forward. Now, when I got home, it was about 20 minutes later I got home, I was dead tired. I was dead tired, but I was so appreciative that I hadn't done that journey alone, that I had come to the place that I need to be right now today with by my side. And friends, that's what you have to do. You have to just step it up. Look past your fear and believe that God will keep you safe. And the bottom line is God will. Love will. You are safe. So believe in the presence of God in your life, my friends, and believe in the present right now. It is a gift from God that you need to open and relish and do. Stay in the present Pull yourself up when darkness is unfolding you and look forward to the light. It is there. It is there. I promise and commit that to you. It is waiting. I am so appreciative that you joined me today, and I thank you for coming and being a part of the energy of this program. You are okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. I am going to turn off a piece of music or turn on a piece of music called The Journey because that's what we're all on and it will play till the end of the program and I encourage you to continue to feel the presence of the inner in these rooms and know you are loved just as you are. Namaste, my friends. Peace be with you. Until next week. by Lisa Lynn and George Tortorelli. Breathing in, I am enough. Hold your breath up. Feel God's presence around you on either side. And as your breath reaches your chakra, open it. Feel God's energy infuse your body. You are loved.
my friends. Until next week, namaste.